Well, good morning. I'd like to welcome you this morning as Brother Charles did. I'd like to extend that welcome. It's so good to see each and every one of you here this morning, and it's so good to be a part of this family. i got to say I'm so encouraged by each and every one of you, uh, especially encouraged by, by Brother Jim and leading us in the offering and in the Lord's table. Uh, but it, the prayers that have been led and the songs that have been sung, it just... Uh, I'm so glad to be a part of this great family. Um, we do so much here together, and that just that really lifts me up and, and really gives me strength. So thank you so much for that. And this morning we are continuing in a series. We're actually concluding a series that I've been doing over the past couple of months, focusing on Jesus as the way. And in this series I've tried to present Jesus as the way to many blessings, in fact, uh, just as Ephesians 1.3 says, Jesus, He is the source of every spiritual blessing that God has to offer. But how can we be sure? <clears throat> how can we be sure that we have found the true Jesus? How can we be sure that we are truly His disciples? That's what I want to focus on this morning, finding Jesus the way. Jesus made it clear in John 8.31 that simply believing him, in Him does not constitute a disciple. It does not constitute discipleship. He was talking to believers when he said, if you abide in my doctrine, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. So it takes more than simply believing in Jesus to be a disciple of his. Can we be sure that we aren't actually following some sort of caricature of Jesus? If you don't know what a caricature is, a caricature is a drawing, uh, the, the artist of which is called a caricature artist. And what they normally tend to do is they find a, uh, usually a flaw, but they find some part and they, uh, of a body or whoever they're drawing and they emphasize that part and exaggerate it to, uh, to bring about comic relief, if you will. Me and Holly had a caricature done of us. I think it was at King's Island. And uh, they drew me with really big teeth. And I don't have really big teeth. In fact, Holly picks on me. I have little teeth. But they drew me with really big teeth in this picture. And I don't know where this thing is. I was trying to find it before... The sermon, I couldn't find it. But that's what a caricature does. Is it possible that we are following a caricature of Jesus? That is to say, are we following a misrepresentation of Jesus? Possibly presented to us in error by others. Maybe by those who are sincerely mistaken themselves. Maybe it's our parents, our preacher. Uh, maybe it's the ch uh, church that we attended. Is it possible that we have possibly been guilty of following a misrepresentation of Jesus? To be sure that we have truly found Jesus... To be sure that we have truly found the way, we must begin with the only reliable source to which we have uh, on Him, and that's the Bible. And so that's why I encourage you to go ahead and take your Bibles out this morning and just open up to the Old Testament, because that's where we're going to start first. We're going to start by looking for Jesus in the Old Testament. Uh, the Old Testament contains many things about Jesus. Luke uh, chapter 24 and 27 and Luke 24, 44 through 47. We won't turn there, but Jesus states at least twice that the scriptures were about him. And since he's talking at this point and the New Testament has not been written, we can conclude that he's talking about the Old Testament. He says that which you have from, the Mo from, from Moses and the prophets concerns me. And Paul stated this to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. Uh, I'm going to turn over and read that one to you. Uh, 2 Timothy 3... In verse 14, when Paul says to Timothy, But you must continue in the things which you have learned 
and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. Again, he's talking about what we call the Old Testament. You know the Holy Scriptures which you were able to make wise, for, or make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Paul was talking about how the Old Testament imparts wisdom. Wisdom that will lead to salvation through Jesus. So we want to look into the Old Testament and we want to see Jesus in the Old Testament. And we can see that through the eyes of prophecy. The eyes of prophecy. In Isaiah chapter 7 and looking in verse 14, we see a prophecy about Jesus. Isaiah 7 and verse 14 reads... Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. We see this, we see this prophecy come true over the New Testament, but it is through passages like this that we see prophecies about the birth of Jesus. Isaiah 53, which, which um, Jim mentioned in, a, in his talk on the Lord's Supper, a powerful passage concerning the suffering that Jesus was going to go through. In verses 4 through, through 6, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and chastisement for, for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own way, and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. So passages like this talking about the suffering of Jesus, but even looking back again to Isaiah 9, we see passages that talk about the sovereignty of Jesus, His lordship, His his kingship. If you want to look back in Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 6 through 7. For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with a judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. In the Old Testament we see that Jesus was to be born of a virgin. In the Old Testament, we see that Jesus was going to suffer for us. In the Old Testament, we see that Jesus is our King. He is to be our Lord. uh, Lord of our life, as we often say. And there are many, many more prophecies that can be taken from from just Isaiah alone. That's why Isaiah is so oftentimes referred to as the Messianic messianic prophet. um, uh, Yeah, prophet. But other prophets have things to say about him as well. In fact, it's estimated that there are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament alone concerning Jesus. So we would do ourselves a, a, a favor. We would do good to invest in studying the Old Testament in our efforts to find the true Jesus. But we must remember that the Old Testament had a purpose. That purpose was to be predictive. That purpose was to be preparatory. It was to prepare people for Jesus. As Galatians 3 and 24 says, the law was our tutor. It was our tutor to bring us to Christ. So therefore, to find Jesus more fully, we must move out of the Old Testament and come into the New Testament. So let's start with that. Let's start with moving into the Gospels. In the Gospels, we have four uh, records of Jesus. And these four records have similar goals. 
What we see in these, in these four records are four different accounts of his life. Matthew emphasizes the teachings of Jesus, especially in regards to his kingdom. Mark features the miracles of Jesus and is showing his power that he had. Luke underscores the humanity of Jesus. And he does so without neglecting his divinity. And now flip-flop that. John underscores the divinity of Jesus without neglecting his humanity. And see, we see that the goal here, it was to create faith. If you've turned over to John chapter 20. John chapter 20 and look in verse 30. It says, And and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. That was the purpose of the Gospels. They had a similar uh, purpose, a similar goal. That goal was to create faith in those that believe, in those that follow after the Lord. But to see fulfillment through Jesus also. That was also a purpose that we see. To see the fulfillment of those prophecies that we talked about in Isaiah. We see them fulfilled in the Gospels. Especially the way uh, that they are carefully documented. And so, in so many cases, these, these prophecies fulfillment. But they also reveal what Jesus actually taught. No one, know, uh, no one can know Jesus without reading the Gospels carefully. No one can say, I know Jesus, and having never read the, the accounts of His life. And for this reason, many are often surprised. They're often surprised when they find out how different the real Jesus is from what was been taught to them, what they actually think or imagine that He is. For example, many feel that when they die, they're going to heaven. When, we die, when, when I die, I'm going to heaven. That's what will happen. And they imagine Jesus as this gushing, hopeless romantic that could never deny someone heaven. But that is not what Jesus taught in Matthew 7. In Matthew 7, in verse 13 and 14, Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Jesus was saying is there are going to, that most are not going to go to heaven. Most people are not going to go to heaven. The, the path to hell is much wider than the path to heaven. And fewer there are going to be that find it. Many feel that simply believing is all that is involved in following Jesus. But as we talked about earlier, Jesus says that more than believing, that also abiding in His Word. But look over in Luke. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Luke 9 and verse 23 through 25 says, Then He said to them all, If anyone desires to come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow Me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for My sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and and is himself destroyed or lost? Jesus taught that it was more than just believing in him. It also involved self-denial. We had to deny self things. He also taught that he expected his disciples to observe all things. Turn over to Matthew 28. Matthew 28 and 18 through 20. 
in the Great Commission, but especially verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. To observe all things. Does this sound like the Jesus that most have proclaimed to them today? Does this sound like the Jesus that most believe in? By studying the gospel accounts of his life, we, we come closer to finding Jesus. We come closer to finding that he, or we also find, excuse me, we also find that he did not reveal in, in entirety the truth um, while he was here on earth. He had more to reveal after his passing. <clears throat> in fact, in John 16, verse 12 through 14, John 16 and verse 12 through 14, he says, I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will speak, not of His own authority, but whoever, or whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of what is Mine and declare it to you. See, He left it up to the Holy Spirit to complete the work of guiding the apostles into all truth. So therefore, if we, can t- if we desire to truly find Jesus... As we've started in the Old Testament, we start to find Jesus and put the puzzle pieces together. And then we move into the Gospels and we learn more about His life. If we truly want to find all there is to know about Jesus and to be complete and to know what His will is for us today, we have to continue on to the rest of the books of the New Testament. And that brings us into the uh, book of Acts and to the epistles. In the book of Acts, we see the fulfillment of Jesus' promises. We see the fulfillment of His promise to send the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 and in verse 4. It says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with uh, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We see that fulfilled, that, that promise that He made. And then we see the Holy Spirit do something. We see Him guiding the apostles and the early church. Look over in Acts 13. Acts 13 and verse 2, it says, And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. We see the Holy Spirit guiding the apostles in the early church in their, in their infancy, in, in the beginnings uh, of, of the kingdom. In Acts 15, we can read about how he, he guided them into all truth, as Jesus said He would. Acts 15 and verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you uh, no greater burden than these necessary things. So he's telling them the more, uh, guiding them into a, a greater truth. And he says that you abstain from things, offered to idols, from blood, from these things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. <clears throat> so we see the Holy Spirit still guiding them even more. And then in Acts 20 and verse 35, we see that he's revealing things that are taught by, uh, during Jesus' ministry that we don't have recorded. Acts 20 and verse 35. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that He said it is more blessed to give than to receive. You can go back and you can look all through the Gospels. You will never find Jesus say those words. In fact, as we read earlier, there were so many things in John 16 that uh, or when we read of the gospel, or the, the purpose of the gospel, excuse me, not in John 16, but when we read of the purpose of the gospel, it was to build faith. But there were so many signs and wonders he did that were not recorded. There were so many things that he said that were not recorded. The Holy Spirit was guiding the apostles. He was guiding the early church and revealing things also to us that we didn't have recorded in that early ministry. So we obviously cannot overlook the book of Acts. And if we truly desire to find Jesus, we need to make sure that we are also studying the book of Acts. But it also brings us to the epistles. 
The words of the apostles were to be received as if they were from Jesus himself. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 37. Turn over there. 1 Corinthians 14 and in verse 37. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. And he says the same thing uh, in essence to the Thessalonians. In, in, second Th- or in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. When Paul again says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God which also effectively works in you who believe. The epistles, the words of the the apostles were treated as, as the words of Jesus himself. And in fact, back in John 13 verse 20, Jesus said that this would be the case, that they were going to speak for him. So remembering the Holy Spirit did in fact guide the apostles into all truth, the Gospels, the book of Acts, and the epistles do include revelation, we find teachings of Jesus. We find still teachings of Jesus and teachings about Jesus. And we find these teachings complete. We find them fully and we find them finally. That means there will be no further need for revelation or or more information to come. We have everything. Turn over to 2 Peter 1. We have everything that we need to live godly lives. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2 and 3. Grace, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given us to all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. We have everything we need for that. 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 is going to continue to tell us that we have all that we need to be complete. 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Some versions might say all Scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We have everything we need to live godly lives, We have everything we need to be complete. And as Jude 3 says, our only task then is simple. Our task is to simply remain true to that which is revealed. Look in Jude in verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which has once for all delivered to the saints. With the writings of the New Testament, we are able to see Jesus. We are able to see Jesus through the eyes of completeness. All we need to know to follow Jesus the way is there. We should learn it. We should learn it and we should live it. And having said this, I want to emphasize one final way that we learn to know Jesus. One final way that we come to understand Him better. And that is finding Jesus in obedience. This is emphasized by Jesus. We've already read John 8.31, but He said we must abide in His Word to be His disciples. But look over to John 14. John 14 and verse 21 and 23. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is He who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. 
That's what he says that we must, to, to, if we abide in his doctrine, if we are keeping his commandments, then we love him. That is one way that we find Him because if we love Him through keeping His commandments, He is going to abide in us. He's going to be in us. We are going to have a greater relationship with Him when we keep His commandments. And in fact, is this is, how, and this is the only way that we can truly know Jesus. Look over in 1 John chapter 2. 1 John 2 and verse 3, Now by this we know that we know Him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Do we want to find Jesus? We need to find his commandments as they are, as they are recorded for us in, in the Bible. As we have looked and we see his teachings throughout the Old, New Testament, we need to find those commandments and we need to keep them. One of those commandments is baptism. And that's another way that illustrates Jesus to us and finding Him through obedience. It's especially true when we come to Jesus in faith and repentance, in fact, and submit to this. Turn over to Galatians chapter 3. <clears throat> Galatians 3, and look in verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The fact is, as 2 Corinthians tells us, having received Christ in baptism, we are now putting on Christ. We are now entering into the kingdom of Christ. And in doing so, we are becoming something new. We are putting off the old. If you, if you are, as Galatians 3 says, we put on Christ, we have to take off what we had to put on Christ. When we put on Christ, we are putting on something new. We are becoming something new. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us that. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us this. It's just simply another way that we find Jesus through obedience. All things are new in finding Jesus by keeping his commands. And by doing so, we find a better life. We find a forgiveness of our sins. We find a reconciliation with God our Father. We find a privilege, that it, the privilege that it is of being in the Lord's church. The privilege that it is of being a part of a family. A family headed by Christ. And not uh, some man-made denomination. Not something that is of man, but something that Jesus instituted. Something that is of God. And we also find the assurance of eternal life. The question is then today, have you found Jesus? You know, we hear that phrase sometimes, that person needs to find Jesus. So oftentimes that phrase is misused. It is, it is treated with contempt. When I ask, have you found Jesus? I am asking, have you found Jesus? eternal life? Have you found forgiveness of your sins? Have you made reconciliation with God the Father? Because if you haven't found Jesus, if you haven't found it in the ways that His Word describes through obedience, you haven't found those things. The fact is, if you haven't found Jesus, you're lost. You're not, you're in a dark place. You're not in the light. 
We need to ask ourselves, are we following some cheap imitation? Are we following something that, that others, through their sincerity, have led us to believe? And have we neglected the Bible and the teachings that it has on, the, on, the God, uh, on Jesus? You truly have found Jesus. You truly have found Him if you are heeding the implications of His great commandment, or of His great commission, excuse me. Turn to Matthew 28 one last time. <clears throat> and I've put this up on the board, but let's turn there too, just to focus our minds on it. Matthew 28, in the Great Commission, we read, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Are you accepting the authority? Are you accepting the power that Christ has in heaven? And on earth. Are you accepting him as king? Verse 19 Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Have you been baptized through faith upon repentance as he commands? In Matthew 28 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Are you careful to observe all things that He has commanded? These are the only ones who have that assurance. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. They are the ones who have found Jesus. My encouragement to you this morning is that you find Jesus and that you trust Him and that you obey Him. That's the song we're going to be singing in just a moment. Number 326, Trust and Obey. I encourage you this, this morning, if you desire to become a child of God, that you listen. You listen to the Bible. You listen to the Word of Jesus. You listen to your brothers and your sisters as they encourage you to do just that. Trust and obey. Or maybe you already have. Is there some way that we can assist you this morning in your walk in the, in the Christian life? Your walk with the Lord. Is there something that we can do to encourage you? Is there some way that you have fallen and you need help and you realize the help that you need? Let it be known. Let us pray for you. Let us help you out. Whatever your need may be, I encourage you to come forward now as we stand and sing.